You know every superhero gotta have theme music, right? People are crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going utterly mad. This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. I'm here to make a difference. A tradition just like any other. You're listening to the 2018 Colonizers. I am your host, Ken Macon. It is a beautiful day in Augusta, Georgia. If you just take a whiff, ah, you can smell the BS. If you take a look out in the course, you can just see all the oppression. It is truly a white man's heaven and a black man's hell. Coverage of the Colonizers is sponsored by Making a Difference. And hopes can make it. Forget that whitewash presentation. I gotta tell you how I really feel and keep it real with y'all for a minute. Of course, you're listening to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. I'm dropping this heat in the Augusta area by way of Wakanda. I ain't got time for no colonizers, man. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, this is uh, this is what we're gonna be talking about today. I know a lot of you all were hyped. Uh, you may have seen the uh, the promotional video that we did. Uh, it was also posted on uh, Making a Difference. If you haven't seen it, you can go to Facebook.com backslash Making a Difference Show. You can check that out. It's a three-minute promo uh, that led into the colonizers. That got a lot of you guys hyped up. I know a lot of you all are excited about what I'm going to say during this podcast today. By all means, share the promo. Share this podcast. Don't keep that information to yourself, as I always like to say, uh, because we're going to be talking about a lot of important things today. Of course, the Masters Tournament happened two weeks ago. Uh, what happened at that tournament and that tournament in particular is totally irrelevant to the discussion that we're going to have today because I'm going to keep it 100 about not only the history of the Masters tournament, but I'm going to keep it 100 about the present and what it means in terms of uh, the the way I put it was the manifest destiny of the Augusta National Golf Club. If you've been paying attention, if you're in the Augusta area, uh, basically what we've, seen, what we've seen is is we've seen the Augusta National Golf Club, which was based in, you know, from the clubhouse or from the uh, the uh, Fruitlands area, we've seen that go from there to almost uh, I-20 and a dynamic that I'm calling the Great Augusta Land Grab. And it has most recently re- uh, reached Washington Square. And you guys that uh, may frequent the Juicy Crab, Second and Charles, Steinmark, places like that. Now, Augusta National, uh, according to reports, has bought uh, that particular um, piece of property. And so they're just making their, their way to I-20. And the question um, that, well, I, sh- I should say the concern that I have is, is that, you know, what does it mean uh, for Augusta National to, you know, gain all this property? Is it going to better Augusta or is it just, you know, are, are we just seeing the power of privilege? Are we just seeing the power of, you know, white men being able to point at something and say, hey, I want that. And the city basically has to bend to their whims. Um, I have a problem with that. And to me, if those men, that that limited group of men has that type of influence. Why can't the entire uh, city of Augusta, 200,000 strong, you know, be able to get public services, be able to attain city services? Why can't we get a decent um, bus route? Why can't we get a decent public golf course? And so these are the things that we're going to talk about today. Before we do that, of course, I want to uh, thank our sponsors, Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard in Augusta, Georgia. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. 
Uh, Jesse and Doris Willard with your locally owned H&R Block at 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepzibah. I recommend them because if they're 25 years in the business and because they personally do my taxes, you can call the Willards at 706-305-1412. 706-305-1412. Again, this is the colonizers. Uh, if you know the master slogan and Jim Nance will say, a tradition unlike any other, the masters. Uh, well, as you know, white supremacy is a very familiar tradition uh, in America. It's been so for uh, centuries, generations, however you want to put it. And so I was thinking, because the grid, well, you know, and, and when we talk about the Masters, there, you know, there, there, there's a podcast that's called More Than the Masters, there's the tournament. And I was thinking, I was like, what do I want to call this podcast? The Great Augusta Land Grab just wasn't catchy enough for me. Uh, and then I thought about it, man. Now, I don't know if I had was looking at some of Black Panther, but if you guys who have, who have seen Black Panther, you know that the term colonizers is kind of thrown around, kind of tongue in cheek. But I think it's just so relevant to this particular discussion that we're having just in the I mean, when you talk about the, the very definition and just when you see this uh, and I've you know, I've termed it as this like manifest destiny, uh, this idea that is uh, going back to the idea of privilege and, you know, just that that colonizer mindset. And I think that's we're seeing a lot of that as it relates to Augusta National, as it relates to all of the uh, property that they've been able to amass and the way that they've gone about doing it, do, uh, doing it again, if you're paying attention. Uh, from the actual course uh, where the Masters is played, the Augusta National Golf Club. Um, now, with the uh, reported acquisition of Washington Square, uh, you fi we find now that uh, Augusta National's, uh, actually the, the property that they've been able to amass is within earshot of I-20. So let's just go ahead and just uh, cut right into this discussion. Because I, actually, let me do this. Let me share the original Facebook post with you all where I spoke to this issue. And here's what I had to say. I hear that the Great Augusta Land Grab has finally reached Washington Square. If you're keeping score at home, that means the folks at Augusta National have bogarted their way from the golf course to within range of I-20. Maybe they'll take Broad Street next. I don't know. <laughs> funny thing is, people are mad about it. They're saying, not second to Charles. No, law, don't take the juicy crab away. It's funny because people don't understand cause and effect. This is not only white privilege at work, but it's the concessions of the masses at work. For 51 weeks of the year, the establishment tells you that you are a resident of Disgusta, save for about 10 days of the year. And in that short time period that encompasses Masters Week, you see the best that Augusta has to offer. Then, after that period, you allow Augusta to revert back to Disgusta. It is our silence as well as money and a whole lot of rolling off the red carpet from elected officials that perpetuates the Great Augusta land grab and the idea that the only time Augusta can have something nice is when some rich folks come to see a golf tournament. For the thousandth time, we are more than a Masters. So I posted that, and there was a question that was actually posed to me in response. And the question was essentially this. It said, what's the problem with Augusta National Golf Club paying above fair market value for a property? And that's, you know, talking about Washington Square and some of the other uh, property they had been able to acquire up and down Washington Road. There was a, I think it was a Pet Boys. Uh, there was a TGI Friday. They acquired all of that property. And when I answered this, um, this person, uh, in terms of, in term, when I answered that question, rather, you know, I didn't get into uh, Hyde Park. You know, I didn't get into what the masters represents. And I'm going to get into those things eventually. Um, but my concern was the manifest destiny attitude and the understanding that the the way that they went about doing this was essentially the, the colonizers attitude It's this idea of I see it. I want it. I got to have it. I don't have to wait on politicians. I don't even have to wait on the Department of Transportation. In the case of Augusta National, here's what they did uh, when they wanted to make the uh, make the renovations to Berkman's Road. And for those of you guys who were in Augusta or maybe had a chance coming out to the tournament and are familiar with what Berkman's Road used to look like, you'll know that basically 
Augusta National called their own shots and they were able to do that. And they were able to circumvent not only the city, but the Department of Transportation by giving the city a 17 million dollar loan to go in and, you know, make those make those renovations and make those adjustments to Berkman's Road um, as they see fit. Now, uh, as I went through this, you know, dialogue with this person, as this uh, question was posed to me, they were talking about how, you know, the Masters is is good for Augusta, makes Augusta better, it, you know, beautification, blah, blah, foolery. And my response to that is very simple. If the Masters, if the if Augusta National Golf Club really made the city of Augusta better, then explain to me as you can go from the golf course to I-20. Of course, it's that strip of Washington Road. You know, it's it's pretty lively. A lot of restaurants. It looks it, I, I want to go so far as to say it's bustling, but it is. I mean, it's engaging. It's, you know, you can get you something to eat and you know, get a few books, things like that. But if you go 15 minutes in the opposite direction. And, you know, you can basically you'll be looking across a few things. You'll be looking across a food desert. For one, you'll be looking at um, some homes that are not in the best shape. And then you will eventually find yourself in an area uh, known as East Boundary, which um, a number of Augustans have been known to call the bottom. Uh, it is a place of profound and deep poverty. Uh, it is a place where based on that poverty, you know, you know, you do have pockets of crime, pockets of gang activity, different things like that. But to me, if, you know, as, as the, you know, we, we get these sayings and, and, and BS commentaries in terms of economic impact and uh, impact and, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. But if that's the case and we're seeing that basically Augusta can just say, you know what, here, there's 17 million dollars, nothing to it. Why can't we see that attitude uh, be employed in a way that really does benefit all Augusta? I contend and I will say until um, the end of time that Augusta isn't good for anything but a couple of golfers coming out here to play a tournament and rich white folks. And that's the long and the short of it. Uh, if you guys had a chance to look at the promotional video, you'll see where, you know, I broke down uh, some of the. Well, basically, the, the the way that the Masters was founded, I first talked about how, if you don't know, Augusta National Golf Club was back, actually uh, built on a former slave plantation site. Uh, and that's the, the Fruitlands name. So you have that element. You also have the element where it was founded. One of the co-founders of the Masters tournament was Clifford Roberts. Clifford Roberts is a gentleman who was not ashamed to say that he thought that golfers should be white and caddies should be black. And I mentioned that in a promotional video as well. Also mentioned that when Lee Elder uh, came up and uh, basically broke the color barrier at the uh, at the Masters tournament, I believe that was it was sometime in the 70s. And two years later, Clifford Roberts committed suicide. Now, I can't directly attribute those two, but it seems uh, puzzling that clearly, I, you know, I, from what from what I'm seeing and just from different commentaries and things that I've read, Seemed as if that, hey, he saw the times were changing and he wasn't with that. So he took his own life. Just very scary ideas. I mean, we've um, just, you know, and we and we've seen this uh, idea at the Masters from generation to generation to generation, uh, you know, different presidents. But there's this. This kind of this this code of secrecy. And to me, I understand it's it's a private golf club. Whatever happens within the parameters of that private golf club, they can do whatever. Well, they can do what they can do what they want to out there in essence with that. But when you talk about a golf club that has the money, has the influence to infringe on and basically reshape the city in its image. Then secrecy and lack of transparency is not acceptable. 
Because if we're going to complain to our politicians and we're going to complain to our elected officials about not being transparent, then certainly a golf club with this much influence and this ability to, as I mentioned, reshape the city. You got to do you got to you got to do better than uh, we're going to leave this up to the discretion of our members. I just want to remind people very quickly about the demographics of Augusta. Uh, Augusta is a city that has over 55 percent African-American population. And when I think about Augusta and just very simply about the focus of even this podcast, making a difference, we focus on black issues. We focus on, you know, people like to throw around cute terms, people of color, you know, at risk, blah, blah, blah. I make things very plain for people to understand. Hey, I, I care about black folks. Uh, it's a race that I root for everything black. And so when I see this golf tournament that has been raised up in these racist and sexist ideals, and yet just because these folks have money, they're able to dictate certain policies. I have, an, I have a major issue with that. And I have a bigger issue with people who will say that the Masters is or makes makes Augusta better. Augusta, the Augusta National Golf Club does nothing for poor black folks in Augusta. And I'm actually going to go to break right now. But when we come back from the break, I want to talk about the real economy of the Masters. And I want to talk about, you know, why why people celebrate the Masters. I want to ask that question. And a lot of that's going to get into, you know, some the Masters being the status symbol. And I think we need to rebuke that idea. But we're going to talk about that after the break. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further than Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists, Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College. Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Tax problems giving you the blues. Tax liens, levies, garnishments, unfiled tax returns, denied a passport because you owe back taxes. I'm Jesse Willard with your locally owned H&R Block in Hepsiburg. We have over 25 years of experience in representing clients with tax problems, and we can help you to jazz up your life. Contact us at 706-305-1412 to schedule your free consultation. H&R Block, the one you know and trust. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. I want to get back to this discussion uh, called the colonizers, and I want to talk about the real economy of the masters. I also want to ask the question of what are we celebrating as it relates to the tournament? I want to share a story with you guys from 2014. Uh, it talks about uh, five arrests in the FBI sex trafficking sting in Augusta. Uh, an undercover sting operation targeting prostitution and child sex trafficking netted five arrests in Augusta. Over that particular weekend, the FBI says illegal activity is the target of a special task force made up of local and federal agencies. The Child Exploitation Task Force is in town because of the Masters. The FBI said the big events like the Masters and also mentioned the NCAA Final Four 
bring a lot of people to town, but they also bring an increase in illegal activity in the sex trade. Uh, Special Agent Stephen Emmett said uh, people come to these events to have a good time. And some people's definition of a good time differs from what the law's idea of a good time is. Uh, That story went on to talk about, you know, uh, different folks who um, were arrested. They said the FBI said that the suspects picked the wrong week to allegedly ply their trade in Augusta. They said they see increased activity in child exploitation and sex trafficking during big sporting events. Uh, The special agent uh, Emmett said that we've seen that there's a spike in these types of activities during these special events. And we're trying to work smarter and a heightened law enforcement presence is a part of that. And so I think about that and I think about, you know, how is it that a tournament that could be, you know, so secluded and so protected, you know, how can these types of things go on? And more importantly, what type of CD activity or CD folks are out of the course that allows uh, a culture of activity like this to go on? And when I think about this and I assess it, honestly, you know, there's a there's a laundry list of just controversies and, you know, seedy racism and, you know, seediness, racism, sexist things that have gone on out of Augusta National that really raise a red flag for me. Uh, I talked about the uh, what happened out there in 2014. A lot of conversations about the masters are going to talk about, you know, Martha Burke and, you know, the masters, uh, which was a longstanding policy out of, of course, uh, to not have women to be in the membership. And of course, if you remember early 2000s, that was a big deal. There were a lot of protests, different things like that. And even as we as we talk about protests and, um, you know, the, uh, different things like that, that's the that's the, another part of the significance of the Augusta National buying up all of that property. Because for those of you guys who uh, may have frequented that tournament, you'll remember for a while there along Berkman's Road, uh, there was a gentleman who actually was a protester who uh, basically told people that they were going to hell <laughs> and said it needed to, you know, try Jesus. And uh, that that was out there for a lot of years. But of course, you know, with Augusta buying up, uh, buying up, essentially buying up that property, you know, there there isn't that it, that is no longer a thoroughfare. And so that takes away a lot of the the, the, the punch of a, of a protest, you know, basically like right on top of the golf course that's taken away. But just get back to the um, as, as I mentioned, just those sexist um just that that sexist culture uh, that the uh, masters upheld for a very long time. You, you know, I've heard more recently that you know the the um, the masters is going to have a, a women's am- uh, amateur tournament. Uh, they've invited, uh, I think, some CEOs. Connolly's a Rice is a member out there now, but it still it speaks to this this unrelenting and unapologetic elitism that is Augusta National Golf Club. That is the Masters. Uh, that attitude is also a, an attitude that we saw. Um, some years ago now, look, more than 20 years ago now, it just shows how fast time flies, man, my goodness. Uh, when Fuzzy Zeller made uh, his remarks about Tiger Woods, that was part of the, uh, I've, I've talked a lot about the promo. I really want you guys to go back and look and look at that promo. Uh, very riveting um, promotional video for uh, this podcast. It's called, uh, it was called The Colonizers. Uh, I may have to, you know, attach it somehow to this podcast or this discussion. I'll see if I can do that. Um, but Fussy Zeller uh, made those comments say, you know, the, the little boys uh, playing with talking about Tiger when Tiger, if you remember, in 97, just absolutely just uh, destroyed Augusta National Golf Club, tore it up, um, broke records, uh, won by, I think, 15 strokes, something like that. Very dominant performance. Uh, Fussy Zeller said, just make sure at the uh, at the uh, champions dinner next year, you don't serve fried chicken or collard greens or whatever the heck they serve. And again, as I think about Fuzzy Zeller, as I think about Clifford Roberts, as I think about 
my personal experiences, you know, at Augusta National Golf Club, if those of you guys who know me, I've worked as a journalist. I, I actually worked for one of the local newspapers and had a chance to, you know, go out and, you know, go to the course. And uh, I and I'm going to tell you guys story in the podcast, man, just how some of my personal views have changed um, from somebody who was a, a journalist going out there and just kind of my attitude versus, you know, the things that I'm able to see now and how and to be very frank, there's not much that we should be celebrating about this golf tournament. But just all of these prevailing attitudes that are overwhelmingly negative, but still there's a, and, and, and it has so much to do with status, which is why I think people really celebrate the, the masters. And I'm going to ask that question here is why, why do people celebrate the masters? Why? And I think it's the same reason that we highlight celebrity, uh, celebrity and the fact that society defines itself through social status. And I see it all the time. I see it, you know, as a frequent, you know, stores as I frequent my, frequent my place of employment. When people put on that hat or put on that shirt and it has that master's emblem on it or it has that master's logo on it, you know, people feel important. People feel as if, you know, they associate themselves with the masters, with, you know, playing golf, with having money, uh, with different things like that. And of course, Augusta National Golf Club takes advantage of that for sure, you know, in, in terms of supply and demand. And again, just that. There's a there's this like, you know, it's, it's not so much a secretive thing, but, you know, it's el- elusive, I think is a better word uh, when it comes to, oh, man, where'd you get that hat from? Or, oh, man, where'd you get that shirt from that visor? Or, or man, you were able to go out there. Man, that's that's awesome. And, you know, Augusta National, you know, is able to take advantage of that. You're listening to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. want to uh, shift gears and talk about jobs at the Masters. And as I talk about the real economy of the Masters and again, I'm, I'm focusing on this from the black perspective and. You know, a lot of the jobs I see us taking on and so many of us are just so glad to just get out there. And, you know, so many jobs are, you know, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're working in retail, you're driving people around. It's just not leadership roles. Very, very rarely do we see that out there. And in many ways for me and from what I see, it's just it just continues to to facilitate this supremacy it, it facilitate and, and white supremacy. And it just facilitates this idea of black folks being second class citizens and, you know, Almost like, you know, you, you hear so many folks uh, as it, you know, as it relates to things like, you know, Augusta National Golf Club and just this whiteness of, you know, this whole make uh, make America great again ideal. And, you know, I wish things would go back to the way they used to be as a black man in America. I can tell you right now, I don't want nothing going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, nothing like that. I mean, we're even today, you know, we're fighting for, you know, we're trying to maintain and, and retain certain rights, but certainly I'm not trying to go back to the fifties or the sixties because I, I know what that means and what that meant for black people. And, you know, the things we have to fight for just basic civil rights. And I understand what it means when, you know, you're out here and, and, and it goes back to that Clifford Roberts ideal of, you know, Hey, the golfers are white. The caddies are black. You know, you can, you can be the help if, as long as you're the help, you know, you're fine. But when we get into, you know, you guys are, you know, taking advantage of your of your own destiny, when you're taking advantage of when you're able to dictate policy, you know, when you do things that challenge the establishment. Now, now we got a problem for you. And, you know, I have to, of course, you know, look at this responsibly because, I mean, is the recourse for me to tell people don't work out there? No, because I understand the when we talk about wealth disparities, when we talk about the challenges facing black folks in terms of, you know, trying to get out of poverty and I understand, Hey, people got to work and sure. Do we need the money as a community? Sure. But I also 
an important part of this discussion is understanding that our silent consent fuels this event. When we consent to racism, when we consent to the sexism, when we consent to this idea of, hey, they can get all the property they want and, you know, and they can do so in this kind of backdoor secretive fashion. That silent consent fuels Augusta National Golf Club and it fuels this supremacy that I'm talking about. And it takes me back to that, to the original part of this discussion is that we see the best of Augusta for one week for about 10 days. You know, you know, of course, you got the Masters weekend, you got the kind of the events that lead up to it. But what about the other 51 weeks of the year? And I think about for and I, and I, and I want to, you know, start this, the, the spirit of this discussion. Let me do it this way, because I want to talk about it first and foremost from the elect from the standpoint of elected officials, very specifically the Augusta Commission. And anytime I, and I'm fairly sure anytime that, you know, the Augusta National Golf Club wants to do something, the commissioners are too happy to sign off on it because, hey, they want to go out to the course, too. And, you know, all of these bit of these business and things, you know, I'm talking about like city business, you know, it basically shuts down for Masters Week. And so they're very compliant, you know, with, you know, what the course wants to do and make sure that everything is smooth and make sure, hey, we got to make sure things are nice out here in beautification and all but why is it that we can get those things done with little to no effort? But it's so difficult for our city officials to make sure that the buses are running on time. It's so difficult for our commissioners to make sure that black people and black businesses are treated with the dignity that they deserve. And to think that right now, as, as I'm sharing this podcast with you, that the majority of the commission is in fact African-American. And so to think that with everything that goes on out of that course and to have a, a black majority that, you know, could speak boldly to these issues, but just ref- refuses to just to maintain the status quo, or maybe it, there's a, there's a fear of that supremacy, but for it to, to look at it that way, first and foremost, and it's very simple. Whatever we can do for Augusta National, whatever compliance you can do to make sure that everything goes smoothly out there. Why don't we make sure that the city can run just as smoothly those other weeks of the year? Why is it that Augusta just I mean, Augusta looks great for that one month, that one week out of the year. You know, businesses are and and this is a challenge to to business owners as well, because let's face it, man, that week of masters, we can go anywhere and eat and. It's like for those of us who eat here, eat in Augusta frequently and, you know, from week to week. I mean, it's like you go to a a totally different restaurant. It's absurd. But I think it just speaks to, I mean, how much do we love each other as neighbors that we treat tourists better than we treat the people that we live around all the time? And I think that prevailing attitude is something that feeds into the frustration of Augustans. It feeds into this apathy. It feeds into this distrust and lack of faith that we have in our politicians, that we have in each other. Because there's such a a clear and profound contrast, not just with Masters Week, but just with people who we really care about, people who we we really hold in this high in this high regard. And it's up to us to first and foremost want better. But then beyond wanting better, we have to demand better. Because power is not going to concede anything without a struggle. I mean, it's as simple as that. As sure as I'm sitting up here 
saying these things about, you know, Augusta National Golf Club, as I'm saying these things about politicians, there's going to be somebody who says, well, I think the city of Augusta is doing a great job. But if you're saying that, you're looking at a small percentage of the population and you're not looking at Augusta as a whole. Because, again, I can take you to spots in Augusta and I can tell you about spots in Augusta that are not doing well, that are doing exceedingly, uh, that are doing poorly in areas in Augusta that need that need that need our support. Areas in Augusta that are food deserts that just need basic resources and basic opportunities. I mean, you've had there are some politicians who speak to these issues, but by and large, you have Kroger, uh, Kroger, who's left the Deansbridge area, who's also left uh, the uh, 13th Street area. And the, the people who live in those areas have no recourse except to, you know, try to go, you know, miles upon miles to, you know, get fresh fruit or basic resources like that. And so where are you left? And I mean, if those people don't have transportation, oh, my goodness. But see, we don't think about things like that. You know, we think we the, the things that we focus on is very shallow is we focus on social status and those things that can make us seem like we have more than we really do. There's one more idea that I want to uh, touch upon before we close out this podcast. And I, I mentioned it earlier. I said I didn't, didn't want to get into Hot Park, you know, when it. When it came to Augusta National Golf Club paying above fair market value for property and different things like that, because what I see is, is I see, you know, folks in Augusta and most of the folks, most of the folks have, have been moved out of uh, out of High Park, the High Park area now. But if you're not familiar with High Park in Augusta, it was an area that uh, suffered just uh, it was great contamination in that area. And uh, there was a, a long standing struggle to get those folks, you know, out of the area to avoid the, the contamination and, and different things like that. But it just goes to show that there is a there's not only a wealth disparity gap in Augusta and really across this country, but there is an opportunity gap. And I believe there's an empathy gap. And it would seem as if that if you're in a position of leadership, if you're in a position of government, you would want to do more for the people who have less what do we need to do for Augusta National? Augusta National is throwing around $17 million like it's nothing. Do you understand how much money $17 million is? $17 million, you may, you'll have, I mean, you have individuals who don't make a million dollars in their lifetime. But to say $17 million and, you know, we're talking about fair market value and, and different things like that. And certainly, you know, all those folks, I mean, they, you know, the city government can tell you, oh, yeah, you're going to get fair market, fair market value for your house. But that's not always the case. But it speaks to what are we doing for the least of those in our community? What are we doing for people who really need the help, who really need the lift? And do we just put those people down and, and turn them to the wayside just so we can help the rich get richer? I mean, that and, and again, that's why people are so apathetic about politics is because so much of government is. We're going to help the rich get richer. And by virtue of that, the poor get poor tax cuts for the rich. I mean, that's the most asinine thing that I've ever heard of. But it is almost a standard in politics because we've allowed it continue to continue for so long. But here I'm going to like I'm going to close things out because the, the ultimate question is this is what can we do about it? The first thing you can do about it is. As I always say, make yourself politically aware of what's going on. So much information that I shared in a promo, so much information that I know I've shared in a podcast is the first, you know, for some people like, man, I really didn't know that. I really didn't understand, you know, all of these different things that were going on. If that's the case, that's okay. 
but make it a point moving forward to know what's going on. Learn about, hey, you know, a Google search will show you, hey, this is some of the things that's going on in terms of Augusta National, in terms of the, the property able to amass. Obviously, it may be more of a challenge to ask the, the guys out there at the course, but ask the commissioners, ask your commissioners, hey, you guys are responsible, you know, for a lot of the things that go on in this city. What, what are they doing out there? And it's not acceptable that they say, well, we really don't know or, you know, it's it's really not any of our business. No, it is our business, because, again, they're taking up so much, so much uh, land, taking up so much, you know, of, of this mass and this property. And it's getting to the point where it's changing the framework of this city. So, again, political awareness, um, having that having that dialogue with your commissioners, with elected officials, those things are vitally important. And it takes me to the next discussion because, you know, we're having this discussion in the middle of April. Next month is actually qualifying. It's May qualifying. Um, there are a number of seats that are up for grabs. There are some commission seats that are up for grabs. Uh, there are also um, some of the, the primaries. And, of course, making a difference is going to have you guys abreast of and going to keep you guys abreast of what's what's going on in the community. But it's important now more than ever that we know what's going on, you know, in our local politics. You know, so much of the news is Trump's doing this and, you know, this is going on in Syria. And I understand those things are are pressing. And even in terms of news and media are sexy, but those things are not going to dictate the day to day of what goes on in your life. Knowing what's going on in terms of your local politics does impact what well, impacts your day to day life more profoundly. And this, that's the message that I always give you guys and want to encourage you to 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 hold on to that want to thank you guys for listening as always. I'll continue to um, follow us, you know, uh, on Facebook again, facebook.com backslash making a different show. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. You don't want to miss a lot of the great stuff that we have coming up uh, for you in these coming weeks and coming months. And with that, we're signing off. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening again. Love you so much. Peace and God bless. All right, so the episode just ended and you're mad, M-A-D, making a difference, but you're also mad because the episode is over. But here's the deal. The movement continues. It continues on social media and far beyond. Social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to facebook.com backslash making, M-A-K-I-N, a difference show, and you can keep up with social commentaries. You can also know when the podcasts are coming out. You can also know when our video laws are coming out. And that's the way you can keep up with that. It's facebook.com backslash making a difference show. You can also keep up with us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is difference making. That's D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E making M-A-K-I-N. If you want to follow the SoundCloud podcast, you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. If you're interested in advertising with making a difference, you can shoot an email to making M-A-K-I-N a difference show at gmail.com. That's making a difference show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Peace and God bless. You win. Perfect.